Welcome to HeyYA Extra Credits. Every other week opposite the main HeyYA podcast, we'll bring you a short form podcast of why I talk across a wide range of topics. I'm Erica Ezefetti. Today I'm getting into some new books by Black authors that should be on your radar for the rest of Black History Month and beyond. I'll be focusing on ones that have just recently released or that will be out soon. But before I get into them, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95. And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Steve Aoki's Hero Quest at your local bookstore or online at HeroQuest.com and catch Steve live on the Heavenly Hell Tour. Hero Quest is a graphic novel that is the story of a genetically augmented metahuman named Hero who travels into the multiverse 400 years into the future to save Earth from a disaster it cannot avoid. It has everything from mutants to robots to zombies to aliens, witches, and more. It's a quest for 10 rings of tremendous power from 10 different worlds that will be needed to save our world from certain disaster. It's an epic journey that will require the hero named Hiro to be cursed to save the lives of billions on Earth. It's a story of heroism, wonder, betrayal, and finally, revelation. This is the hero's journey. This is Hiro's quest. So the story was imagined by the mind of Steve Aoki and written by New York Times bestselling author Jim Kruger and Steve Aoki. So make sure to check it out. And this episode comes thanks again to Steve Aoki's Hero Quest at your local bookstore or online at HeroQuest.com and catch Steve live on the Heavenly Hell Tour. So The Davenports by Crystal Marquis is my first book, and it's about a wealthy Black family living in Chicago in 1910, which is a time of great change in the U.S. Their patriarch, William Davenport, was formerly enslaved, and when he became free, he founded a carriage company, which is how the family got their wealth. Now they're chilling, they've got servants, chandeliers, and just this all-around lavish lifestyle. But of course, people always complicate things. People be peopling, as they say. And we see the messiness of the Davenports through their kids. Through this book, you get an interesting glimpse into the social standing of the different classes within the Black community at a time that we don't usually see the classes being explored. You've got Olivia, who feels obligated to marry a man who will maintain her family's social status and contribute to its wealth. And she finds a very eligible bachelor in a Black British man named Jacob. But she's also into this attorney from Alabama who advocates for Black rights and is just the bee's knees. That's probably the wrong terminology for 1910. Maybe the 30s. Anyway, so <laughs> then you have Olivia's sister, Helen, who goes against 
society's expectations for what women are meant to do by exploring her interest in helping her brother John fix cars. And that is super interesting to Jacob, the British guy who's supposed to be courting Olivia. So you see where this is getting messy. But wait, there's more. The story is told through four perspectives. That is Olivia's and Helen's, who I just mentioned. There's also Amy Rose and Ruby. Now, Amy Rose is a maid for the family and is basically like the Davenport sisters' play sister since she's been around the family since she was a child and grew up with them. Her mother was a maid for the family before her. Well, Amy Rose wants to start her own business, a hair salon, actually. But she's also attracted to John Davenport, which is a little complicated because they come from two different social standings. And lastly, there's Ruby, who is Olivia's bestie and is also in the John. John just has all the girlies shook. And so Ruby tries to hold his attention, like hold his interest in her. But that proves to be very difficult, especially since he came back from school. Like I said, this is some delicious, messy historical drama that is centered around an interesting Black family that was actually based on the real Pattersons of Greenfield. They were a Black family in Ohio that manufactured automobiles, if you're interested in looking them up. So again, that's The Davenports by Crystal Marquis. Next, I have Blood Debts by Terry J. Benton Walker. This is actually out April 4th, so you gotta wait a little bit, but I promise it's worth it. Have it on your list, TBR it, put it on the Goodreads, whatever you gotta do, just remember to get it. So me talking about this one is right on time because I'm going to New Orleans this week. So by the time this episode airs, I will be back there and I'm super excited Here, two twins, Clement and Christina, are heirs to a powerful magic family in New Orleans that has been dethroned and is in a general state of disarray. First of all, their father died, now their mother is sick, and the two twins aren't even speaking to each other. And for a reason that is connected to their father's death, Christina, who is a talented magic practitioner, doesn't want to use magic anymore. But when they discover a hex doll under their mother's bed, and realize she's not sick but cursed, the two have to come together. They're like, all right, gotta come together, squash this beef, because someone wants us dead, someone's coming for our family, we have to protect ourselves. So to do so, that means they'll have to solve a murder from 30 years ago. If they don't, there may be another magic-related massacre like the one that happened 30 years ago. So when I tell you this book has all the elements I live for, the magic, the setting, the murder mystery, the queer representation, the character complexity, all of it. It also is very real about the world it is set in. It takes place in modern times and takes into account mental illness, politics, just everything. So again, that's Blood Debts by Terry J. Benton Walker. Next, I have We Are Also Good at Smiling by Amber McBride. I have to give a trigger warning for this one because it deals with some very heavy mental health issues. So if you are not trying to read that, then you might want to not pick this one up. But if you're down for it, oh my God, y'all. If you haven't read an Amber McBride book, please rush to your nearest online cart or bookstore because Amber McBride was a National Book Award finalist for her book, Me Moth. I believe that was just this um, most recent awards last year. And this one has a few similarities with that one. For one, they are both novels in verse. Secondly, they both follow young Black girls as they contend with their mental health and how they fit into the world. In We Are So Good at Smiling, 
um, the main character is named Whimsy. She has severe clinical depression and is being hospitalized again. But as she comes out this time, she has something more to look forward to than usual. She meets a boy named Fairy, who is a fae and who is also a patient. The two bond over their being magic inherent in them. Like, so they both have, well, Fairy is fae, so obviously he's magical. Whimsy practices hoodoo. And they feel like they are connected in another way, too. For one, his family moves to the same street as hers. But it's more than that. It's deeper than that. Fairy ends up getting lost in this forest at the end of Marsh Creek Lane that has them both, like, terrified. And Whimsy must go out and try to find him. So on her journey, there's... On her journey... In the whole book, there's there's folklore, hoodoo, as I mentioned before, fae, as I mentioned before, there are witches, sirens, and all these interesting magical elements. There are fairy tale elements. So if you grow up in the West, in North America, stuff like that, there are going to be some familiar fairy tale elements. But the main point of the book is about teens dealing with heavy stuff like depression, being hospitalized, racism, and other things. And as it's in verse, you might have guessed that the language is beautiful, and I would suggest this to you if you are fine again with a heavier read and also if you're maybe looking for a little catharsis again it is super beautiful it's intense though but it's just like it's a it's there's magic realism there's it's it's a lot in a good way so again that is we are also good at smiling by amber mcbride next i have my dear henry a jekyll and hyde remix by kaylin Barron. This is out March 7th, so got a little time, but make sure you mark your calendar because this seems, this sounds really cool. It's pretty obvious that this is a retelling of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but its main character is black and queer. Also, although I am not, I'm very familiar with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like that, obviously, again, if you grew up in the United States, you have seen that character dynamic in like popular culture everywhere. So I'm super familiar with the character slash characters, but I haven't actually read the original story. So I don't know if this is the case in the original as well, but in this one, the main character is Gabriel. So it's the main character is not Dr. Jekyll slash Mr. Hyde. The Gabriel is a 17 year old law clerk, but he started off in medical school So what happened was he was lodging at a house for black students and it was at this house that he met another resident, Henry Jekyll. Henry's father was teaching at the school they went to, but soon after Gabriel's and Henry's relationship began to cause like widespread gossip because of homophobia, Henry's father got fired and then both of them were kicked out of school. Hence the law clerk position for Gabriel. But he isn't quite done with Henry yet, and he starts to notice this white-haired man frequently visiting Henry's house after Henry has grown distant from him. And he's like, okay, I know this guy is not over here ignoring my calls. Well, not calls. This is Victorian London. But you know what I mean. Go with it. He's over here ignoring me, leaving me on red, and he has this other dude. So (laughs) basically, this sparks jealousy in Gabriel. And... And the guy is, but the, the guy is cool though. Like the guy, he's, he's kind of charismatic. He's like, he's kind of familiar to Gabriel. He has another one, but he's like, okay, well, I'm kind of like, you know, not totally put off by you, but also like, why are you at Henry's house? And Henry's like, not trying to talk to me. 
So, but Henry's new friend and the reasons for him being distant aren't the only like weird things going on. There are also all sorts of nasty beasts that stalk London, stalk the London fog, as it were. And this is such a great retelling. Victorian London comes alive around Henry and Gabriel. There are all these wonderful gothic elements. I love gothic stories. I love gothic stories. So that was giving me life. There's this yearning, there's horror, and there are some very realistic elements for the time. You can tell Bayron really researched the era. So such a good retelling. Definitely pick it up when it comes out. Again, that's My Dear Henry, a Jekyll and Hyde remix by Kaylin Bayron. I'm out of time, but I've got a few other mentions for you to add to your list. I won't go in depth explaining them. I'll just give you basically like their genre or whatever, and you can look them up, TBR them, all that good stuff. So one I have is Reserve Monuments by Jazz Hammond. That's contemporary. Next, I have The Black Queen by Jamada Emil. That's a mystery. Then I have Last Chance Dan by Lakita Wilson, a romance. Then I have Wild Blood by Lauren Blackwood. That is a science fiction and fantasy. So yes, I am super excited for y'all to read these books. If you pick up any of them, let me know. Shout me out on Twitter or email us or do both. You know, we like to talk. We talk a lot here. So thanks so much for tuning in today, as well as our sponsor for making the day show possible. You can follow me on Twitter at Erica underscore EZE underscore. Big shout out to Jen Zink, our audio editor, for making me sound great. We will see you next week on the main podcast where I will be joined by the wonderful, the fabulous Tears of Price. Until next week, happy reading. Happy reading.